The air was fresh and the leaves were slowly starting to change colors. This was my favorite time of year. For as long as I can remember, I always loved walking in the forest. As a child, I had the chance to grow in the countryside, surrounded by trees and the many flavors of nature. I ended up liking being in the forest more than I liked being with people. And hell, it still rang true in my adulthood, as I tried to get away from the city as much as I could. I bought a condo downtown with my first wife because she worked in one of those office towers, and she had to take the subway unless she wanted to spend two hours in traffic morning and evening. I could live anywhere as a freelance web designer, and so I simply followed her. It was easier, but the compromise was that she had to let me buy a shack in the woods, where she and I could retreat to when I couldn't deal with the smell of the city anymore. It happened often, trust me. It's not that our city reeks, but for a country bumpkin like me, it was pretty hard to see just the grays and the browns and the black and whatever bland colorless decor the city had to offer. I just miss my green spaces, you know? And so I left for a few days a month for the shack that I bought. It wasn't too far from where I lived then, it was just a meager two and a half hours. Just far enough that I couldn't hear the constant rumbling of car engines, the buzzing noise of airplanes over my head, and the light pollution that seeped through the cracks between my blinds. I could sleep in the darkest room, breathe in the finest air, and enjoy as much silence as nature can provide. I'd gladly take whistling birds and croaking frogs over cars any day. Another thing I liked about the shack was that I couldn't access it by car, which meant that I had to leave mine a little down the road a bit and walk down the trail with my backpack. I had to make a few trips to get everything, but it was okay, the path wasn't that long, and I never brought anything heavy. Clothes, food in a rolling cooler, basic stuff in bags. About two or three trips, I was usually done and ready to enjoy myself. Since my shack was near a lake, I could also fish when it was in season. I'm a bit sensitive to cold though, so I don't tend to fish when the leaves start to change color. Instead, I packed up my coats and went for long walks on the trail I was making behind my shack. Using a machete and sheer willpower, I was clearing a path to God knows where in that forest. I had about miles done after the first summer nearly two after the second. Now, sometimes I also strayed from my path but never far enough that I couldn't find my way back. Plus the trail was following the lake somewhat so as long as I saw the lake I could always find my way back to the cabin. And then one evening as I was walking back from my little expedition I met it. It was dressed in a red coat and yellow boots took on an appearance of a young child. I was confused since my shack wasn't anywhere close to another. It's just a big old forest with lots of trees and little to no civilization. You can't even get a bar on the phone kind of place, you know? And there it was. A child. 
standing in front of me as the sun dipped below the tree line and the orange-tinted clouds were slowly becoming my only lights. I came from that way, and there wasn't anyone. Two hours later, and there's suddenly a kiddo, alone, maybe 30 to 40 feet from my trail. I saw the coat before I saw anything else, but I knew something was off. No child should be alone in the woods for sure, but the vibe I got from this kid was unlike anything I'd ever felt before. So you lost? I asked it. It stared blankly at me before it nodded, eyes moving left and right as if trying to avoid my gaze. Or maybe it was looking for something. I then asked where its parents were, and one of its hands rose to its mouth. I could see its kitty teeth as they wrapped around its delicate fingers. It seemed just so real. It was hard not to look at the child and feel a wave of tenderness, uh, desire to protect it but young kids don't appear out of nowhere in the woods and they certainly wouldn't look so calm if that were the case i've been hanging around forest long enough to know that i can't trust it the forest i mean the kid well i still had no clue but i couldn't leave it here i mean of course i offered my gloved hand but it didn't accept it right away come on Let's get you home. Now, I knew what that sounded like. You see, my mama raised me not to follow strangers. But my mama also didn't abandon me in a random patch of woods, hoping I'd get lost and die. At least, that's what I was thinking about that kid. Maybe it was some sort of special needs child or some foster brat someone wanted to get rid of. Quite terrible thoughts to have, sure, but I did feel a bit of pity for it. Now I was on my guard because I just couldn't trust it. I couldn't trust my eyes and that someone had just dropped their kid off in the forest and left. And as we started walking, I asked it what his mom's name was and then his dad as I got no answer. But my questioning was just a fruitless endeavor as the child just tightened its grip on my hand without giving any answers to my questions. As we reached the trail, it finally stopped moving. Then, it tried urging me in another direction. It still had its fingers inside of its mouth, and instead of talking, it simply moaned and pulled on my hand, hoping to get me to move away from the trail but the direction it was trying to pull me toward was getting dark, and rapidly so. I'd rather get back to my car and drop the kid out the nearest police station. I mean, that was the right thing to do. But the more I walked with the kid, the less comfortable I was. And now that it was trying to get me to walk toward the darkest corner of the forest, I was getting a lot more uncomfortable. Now, I nearly faltered, believe me, when it muttered a quiet, Mommy, while still pointing in that direction. At that, about a thousand thoughts, none more peaceful than others, coursed through my mind. Maybe he hadn't been abandoned. Perhaps he was brought here and his mommy was dead, 
her corpse full of stab wounds and left to rot and fester in the forest with her child. Maybe I was in the middle of something very sordid, but I didn't want to find that out by myself. Maybe it's me, but maybe I'd make a piss poor protagonist in a horror movie because, because I, 10 out of 10, didn't want to walk over there. Not even the slightest bit curious about that mommy it was calling to. And I was right. Before I could even explain to the child that we were not going in that direction, a loud, booming voice tore through the calm of the forest, calling for me. Let go. I turned around, and none too far was a guy dressed as a caricature of a hunter. Plaid vest, dirty jeans, brown boots, had a weird cap. And he was pointing a gun at me. At us. He ordered me to let go again. I didn't want to die. But I felt a wave of protection toward the child. I mean, who knew? Who the hell that guy was. I mean, for all I knew, the guy murdered mommy and was coming back for the kid. My fingers became moist, but my grip on the child's hand tightened, and I said I wasn't letting go, and so I asked him who he was to this child. The man's traits distorted a little. He looked confused for a second, as if he wasn't expecting the question. But I learned quickly that this wasn't what he was confused about, and so I slowly turned my head toward the kid. And this thing got this super mad, angry expression on its face. The child's beady little eyes looked almost black. His eyebrows were knitted together, and his lips were sealed in a thin line. Its entire focus was on the man holding the gun. And suddenly... I felt like I was too much, like I shouldn't be there. Now my gaze moved from the kid to the hunter. Then I realized he was not looking at me at all, but he was looking at the kid. His gun was also pointed at the kid, and if I let it go, no doubt he would have shot it dead, and I'd be next, and with the hate I could feel from the child... No doubt this guy was a monster. I asked it if that guy was the one who hurt mommy, but it didn't reply. Again, it was playing the silent game. In fact, it was completely ignoring me. I could feel its fingers wrap tightly around mine, squeezing with strength far superior to that of a kid its age. I realized that, but I thought maybe the kid was stressed, adrenaline or whatever. Hell, people could lift cars under duress, so why can't a child have a death grip on my hand when facing their mommy's killer? I'm not going to say it again. Let it go, the hunter told me and I swallowed dryly, and so I replied that I was not going to let him harm the child. Honestly, I have no idea why I said that. I'm no hero, but at that moment, I felt that if the kid died... I probably would too, so I might as well die trying something. Again, the hunter looked confused, but his following words turned my blood to ice. Oh, so it's a kid for you. And then I heard the shot, but I was frozen in my spot. 
I felt warmth on my left side as the hunter's bullets pierced the kid's right hip, and the scream that escaped the child's lips were far from human. I saw everything in slow motion, like I was a spectator in my own life, watching as the child started to turn into something horrible. Darkened limbs, sharp teeth, and pitch-black eyes. I looked at my hand that was covered in the child's blood, as the child rushed to the hunter, hoping to kill him. I saw its mouth open wide, like a snake would when trying to eat a prey that's too big. I then saw it bite the hunter's arm, and saw the rifle launched at my feet. I saw the struggle, heard the crunching of bones breaking under those powerful teeth, and I couldn't move. My hand was still covered in blood that was darker than the night itself. And it all happened so fast. It felt like hours when I bent over and grabbed the gun and shot that creature in the back. It allowed the hunter to roll out from under the monster and grab the gun from me. With only one hand, he still reloaded and shot the thing straight in its head. Twice, if I'm not wrong. My eyes couldn't leave the kid, the creature, or whatever monster it had become. After the second shot to its head, it was still howling like a banshee. I could still see the glimmer of life fading in its eyes and its skin turning to ash, but slowly, and it kept screaming for the entire time it disintegrated. The hunter, well, he was already wrapping his mangled hand and arm, and I, well, I was still staring at that thing that was slowly turning to powder in front of me. Sir, uh, first time, eh? Now, I couldn't understand why the hunter tried to make discussion. I started hearing him talk about vampires, telling me that they're not like modern fiction says they are. They're not seductive bastards draped in capes and Victorian outfits that sparkle in the sun. They're not pretty ladies with red lips and curvy bodies. They're exactly like you want them to be, like your subconscious wants or something. I didn't completely understand, but I mean, I did, kind of. I've always wanted a child, but my wife and I couldn't. I thought I'd made my peace with that. Vampires take on the appearance of what you desire most. To that guy, it was dogs. The dog of his childhood. And I listened carefully as the howling finally came to a halt. It was finally dead, and I couldn't deny any word coming out of the hunter's lips. He said, Mommy. I finally replied. My tongue was parched. I felt like I'd left my mouth hanging open for too long. The hunter's face fell, and he started looking around frantically. In the middle of the pile of ashes laid a pure white, ridiculously small skeleton with wings. It looked like a bat, but I'm no expert. I saw the hunter bend over and grab it, breaking the skull off the skeleton and discarding the rest. He shoved the skull into the front pocket of his vest. We shouldn't stay here. Now you didn't hear me questioning that. Plus, 
He was bleeding something fierce. I tried to babble about my shack not being too far, but he turned around and started walking down the path, so I followed. I wanted to ask him questions about these creatures, but I liked my everyday normal life. I didn't think I could ever tell that story to anyone either. I still have the man's number. He said if I was ever in trouble to call him. He also told me I could never go back to my shack, that my scent was now all over it, and that they would find me. I didn't know what to say, think, or do. I went back to my shack. The hunter waited for me to gather my stuff. We parted ways once I was in my car, but I saw a pickup following me before I got on the highway. Maybe it was him, making sure nothing was following me. You know, I still can't shake the feeling though. It destroyed my first wife's marriage, my second wife's marriage, and well, my third wife's marriage. I never told any of them what had happened. I did sell the shack a few months ago. There are things in the woods that I've never seen before, and some of them I never want to see.